Welcome to episode two, because this time we're discussing the ownership element of the triple PE codes. Many of you may think that, uh, you know, when PE started, ownership was like one of the first things that were ever discussed. I remember when the PE codes were like a little document of a few pages and it was only about ownership. Well, you'd be surprised from the outcomes of the discussion we're going to be having. Joining me in studio today is my regular guest, Ray Ann Cedris, the Chief Transformation Officer at Sanlam, as well as Hale Matsipa. He is the CEO of a company called Cleos Capital. They are black owned and black managed. They are South African and they are a mid-capital private equity investment manager that targets medium-sized businesses across the South African economic landscape. Now, many people would probably raise eyebrows when they were reading the results of the Salam Gauge in 2023. And that's because on ownership, there was a number that said 80.81%. Now, many people may think, well, that, that, that looks high or, or maybe you're saying 81% of the economy is owned by black hands. No, far from it. The target is 25% voting rights in, in a company for black people. So this 81% simply means that companies have gained an average of 20 points against 25 points, which gives you the 81%. So we haven't even reached the 25% target. Um, so 81% basically says we are 81% of the way towards the 25% target. So I have to ask you, Halle, when you think of the fact that after so many years of transformation and PEE, iterations of the PEE codes, clear uh, business case of why transformation matters, what are the key barriers for companies not achieving this bare minimum of 25%, at least in your experience? Uh, thanks for having me on the show, Andile, um, and for Ray as well for joining us. I think I think most of these companies um, are not necessarily interested in it. They're not interested in BE? It's, it's a cost to the economy. Right? How so? So if you... Uh, a Caucasian male, you're running a company and you've been running it for 15 years and you're making profit and your shareholders are happy with you yeah. um, and you are looked after with your ex-co. It's, it's really a, a necessary inconvenience and to the extent you are approaching it in that manner, which is the bulk of SA Inc., I believe, yeah. um, there are one or two outstanding individuals who are captains of industry who don't see it that way. But I think generally the majority are seeing it as an unnecessary or a necessary insurance cost that they need to pay. Wow. So therefore, the scores will show themselves in this manner. And I think then added to that is that South Africans really don't know each other. And um, it's a philosophical view that I have. So... right. From the, an integration perspective. Yes. The right. guy that lives in Bryanston or Sandhurst or Westcliff, who's a white male, uh, and the guy that lives in the similar suburb, who's a black male with his family, I don't think, even if they're neighbors, I don't think they really understand who's their next-door neighbor. Oh, there's a black guy next door. I don't know who he is. Then you take it to schools, right? So then... We're all meeting at the private schools because yeah. our kids are at the private schools. I'm talking small population, not yeah. the majority of black people, yeah. where you would think the conversations would be happening. And they'd be similar, you would hope. Yes, they're not happening. So so black parents are beginning to engage with the board of governors in the schools, but it's limited to that, right? It doesn't extend to who are you guys as a whole? 
let me try and understand your background, where you come from. Right. And on both sides, right? right. And because I live it every day, right? Yes. I try and engage outside of there's a swimming gala, let's go and support, et cetera, et cetera. I try to understand what do these guys do for a living? Yeah. We try and reach out and say, should we get together and have a drink? Yeah. If that is not happening, and the other world is also just trying to get along and make money and business like the black people are trying to do. Yeah. The results will show themselves in that accord. Right. And so you so think I believe a... people are not it's it's a it's a deeper philosophical question. I got you. Where I got you. Somebody knows that the rule is there. They know they have to do it. They know they have to do it. And they think where do I start? Yeah. I don't know where to even start. Does anybody know anybody that I can bring in for empowerment? Who is he? Oh, okay. The lazy captain of industry then just checks out on somebody who's done it a few times before when they use the same people and faces because this is the comfort zone that, okay, they've done it before, they've done it a few times. They won't. I'd, I'd like to deal with something that is familiar that somebody has vetted somewhere, which is fine, but... But until society engages in a broader forum with itself around what it's trying to do and become for the next 70 years, yeah, you'll consistently get dismal scores. Ray, do you think we missed the trick? I mean, in we the um, transition into the new South Africa, quote-unquote, do you think we missed the trick where, you know, for all of these wonderful things like Triple PE that we try to implement, to Halle's point, we didn't have an opportunity to just integrate and really get to know each other. We just kind of moved on, didn't we? And we came up with these laws and we we're like, oh, go for it. You know, uh, employment equity, affirmative action, PE. And Hal is saying behind this resistance, there's a truth about people not really knowing each other. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, our previous um, uh, podcast that we had, we spoke about management and control um, and the issue of culture, integration. Um, but just as human beings, we want to belong. Um I'm referencing now more recently the, the Springboks win. Why is it that what was that magic ingredient? And it's got to do with commonalities. It's got to do with we all visioning for the same end goal. And I think this is this is probably what's happening in South Africa. I mean, right. I'm not a, a I, I don't profess to be an expert um, in psychology, mm. but I believe that that's probably one of the biggest issues that we we have not sorted out how we need to work together. You know, how do we mm. collab together as human beings? Right. Not as black, white, colored Indian people, but as human beings. You know, um, the fact is that we all want to belong. We all want to be liked. We all want to be loved. Yeah. Uh, I don't think anybody gets up in the morning mm. and says, I want to be hated. Yeah, today. absolutely. I don't want to belong today. Mm. No one gets so, up in the morning. So the interesting thing, though, about the perspective you're both sharing, and Hali, I want to come back to you, is that that is probably the reason we are seeing PEE becoming more of a stick than a carrot. Is that you've seen the resistance, and I think you guys have touched behind what could be the cause of the resistance. But there's no doubt mm. that in all the stats that we report on every year in the Sunland Transformation Gauge, there are levels of resistance. And it could come from what the points you raise. What then do we do? Because the one school of thought says continue to try and create an environment where we all know each other more, um, uh, want to be working together, and therefore have people do the right thing because they want to. Another school of thought is saying, stuff that, okay? We've been trying that for 30 years and no one's interested. White people are interested, black people are interested. We want to transform this economy. Let's just come with rules. Let's tell them how to do it. 
And that's why in every iteration of the BE code, there's even more complication about how you calculate black ownership. What are your thoughts? More regulation or less regulation? I don't think it's a regulation issue. I think you're trying to solve it through regulation, which is good because that says this is the rules of the framework. I think you need to go back to the philosophical point of know thy neighbor. And, you know, I can be in a relationship, live with a partner, and the rule says you must be in the house every day at 7 p.m. Yeah. You must take the kids half past six to school. Yeah. Um, but at its core, I really don't trust you in this relationship. Yeah. We're doing it for the sake of ticking a box and making sure that we are functioning structurally as a yes. whole. Right? And that family will function. That family will function. There may not be a lot of love yeah. and warmth and all yeah. of that, but yeah. kids will go to school at 7 yes. p.m. But, but, but there are moments where I will be hurtful or yes. she will be hurtful or whatever type of relationship you have. Um, and and because at its core, we're not mentally, emotionally vested in it. We're ticking a box. So it will come a time where it will be crunched time where I'll just say, you know what, I don't feel like taking them. Say, but it's your week. No, I don't want to take them. But I'm right? a government. And at some point, I'm going to check out. I hear you. Because but this is an unnecessary pain because I, I haven't totally philosophically understand. addressed the principle of know thy neighbor. Now, but I am where I am. Our relationship is what it is. There was apartheid for so long. Yeah. Black people were treated this way. Um, a new democracy came in 1994. We had to come up with some redress sure. policies. This is the policy we've come up with. We try to implement it, notwithstanding our family issues. Sure. Now we need to get this thing going. And the, the resistance could come from there. But it still has to succeed. And what I'm seeing in the market, I'm interested in your thoughts, is that it's no longer cool. You know, when I started in banking, PE the town. For a good 10, 20 years, every banker and every legal firm, if you ask them, if you had to just look at your normal m a book and ask how many of those are PE driven and how many of those are just businesses buying other businesses, mm -hmm. you would absolutely see mm -hmm. PE as top of the pile. But lately, I'm seeing very low um, appetite from banks for equity funding. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing that um, very low appetite for companies to really do ownership deals mm -hmm. that that have entrepreneurs in them. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I saw a transaction. I think it might have been an APSA transaction, eleven mm -hmm. billion rand. Mm -hmm. The shareholders were staff and CSI trust, mm -hmm. CSI trust and staff. No captains of industry, no new owners, no new entrepreneurs, no halimatipa, nothing. Mm -hmm. Just these big, broad-based structures. Is this is this a trend of resistance playing itself out? Or maybe it's a trend of people uh, learning from the mistakes of the past. Well, let's let's address the, the specific who goes into BE deals, specifically in large deals like, I mean, the big corporates. APSA has recently done one. I think MMH has recently done one. The and and I the resistance towards let's just say black captains of industry into the structures is what you're asking mm. effectively. Mm. I tend to controversially buy into that because I think if you're going to pick up a 2% uh, seat uh, shareholding in APSA and not be part of the broad base and be Mr. XYZ and his consortium and there's women groups in there, what fundamental value are you adding? What are you bringing? Because I don't think we are there at a time anymore where I've chosen you because you're connected to that person and so you've got a 2%. Yeah. I want to pick you as a strategic guy that you're professing to be. And don't tell me strategic is a board seat. 
and you're going to sit in the transformation committee, it's important. But what value are you bringing to the bank that the ESOP's trust component of its staff who are operationally there full-time are going to not bring? And I think that component you can leave out, right? right? But the staff, the CSI trust, you bring it in because you want to retain, you want to train, you want to transform the bank. Because the strategic guys, they say they're strategic, but I doubt if they are bringing real value to the system uh, that the APSA ESCO and the APSA senior black metal managers are not already bringing. For example, if the strategic guy said, we're going to make sure that you come up with a black product for township financing, the lady that sells at every construction site, believe it or not, there's a lady that shows up there every morning at six yep. o'clock. She serves breakfast, lunch, afternoon, tea and coffee. She's banking 2,000 rand a day. Times that by 10, 20 days that she's there in the week. But she's cash-based, right? There's no products that's addressing her. Township rental economy. The amount of Zozos or even actually normal bricks and mortar backrooms that are up for rental in the township, those guys are not being financed. That's property. The point I'm making is there's a lot of township economy money that is coming through the system, just sits there in the money market, if you like, you're a deposit base, and nobody's analyzing and interpreting this. So if the strategic partner were to say, you know what, I'm going to add value here, here, here. Yeah. I understand banking and its products, and therefore bring me in as a strategic because I'm actually not even just going to be a board member. I'm going to sit in one or two subcommittees. I want to sit in this subcommittee, this subcommittee, formulate yeah. a credit subcommittee for township financing, and I want to sit in there and work on products. And I'm going to be running up and down. I'll come here twice a week, then bring them in, right, because they're adding value and driving the value and the strategic nature of, of the business but, and where Apple wants to But, but, but the guys aren't doing that. So to the extent yeah. the bank can achieve that in its own right, and yes introduce legislation in that regard to say there's five trillion of assets in the books of the big four or five banks yes. right what are we doing around township financing and taking a little bit of risk right? but a bank ought to be doing that anyway but it isn't wow that's interesting let me talk to Rihanna about that because in financial services I mean do they understand how Spaza operates wow they've been doing it now because they've got employees that are in senior positions that are making those suggestions and things are happening I don't think those are back to the point of the book, back to it? the point of are we in those days where B partners are chosen for political influence? As I'm using that as an example. I, I, I think those, I think we passed. I that, think right? those days must go. I think they are gone. Yeah. But I also think I also think that companies for the past twenty years have had a lot of people mm-hmm. work, progress, grow in those environments and and influence a lot of the way business, those businesses still do business, that you don't necessarily go out there looking for a Halle who's going to tell you to go and open a, a Spaza product. You come in, you stick to the status quo. I, I think quo. those days are gone. But anyway, I'm interested in the financial services industry. <laughs> yeah, let me come to you. Because you guys in financial services are up there on ownership element. But financial services has done both of those models. There's a couple of big financial services businesses that have got shareholders where there are key individuals. I mean, I think Sanlam is part of that, right? Ark is there, Patrice Mutepe is the chairman, is whatever. He's the big kind of, you know, individual. Of course, underneath there's broad-based institutions. Mm. But, you know, you kind of get that entrepreneur, that, 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 that torchbearer guy. Sure. Then you've got other shareholding structures in financial services where it's broad. 
There's no individual. There's no person. There's no, there's no special person. But you've achieved both sides. Why, why do you think financial services can do that? Because it seems to have done that successfully. Look, I mean, I think at the end of the day is, I mean, if, if financial services cannot actually show that they are committed to creating broad-based ownership, yeah. um, I think they fail because at the end of the day is the, I mean, they, they're all about investment, investing. Yeah. Um, I think for, and, and, and I actually want to turn the question um, on its head, um, Andelia, the, the fact is that we look at ownership specifically in isolation, and I said it in, in some of the other podcasts as well, all of these elements are, are run in its in isolation when in fact, ownership, you can drive so much more into this economy through our procurement process, yeah. through our enabling component around um, ESD. ESD, yeah. Um, and if I look at what we're doing within Sunlam around some of our investment opportunities through our Sunlam Investments Group, uh, we're just recently starting and we're launching next year one of four plus SMME empowerment and growth solution that looks at um, providing both equity funding, debt funding um, to SMMEs so that they can right. actually grow and expand their business. Um, and so they can uh, cre- create more opportunities for others to come and crowd in. And that's both white and black businesses. Gotcha. The interesting thing here around ownership uh, which touches on management and control, is the whole psychology around this. We need to actually give ownership opportunities to the masses in this country. Right. Um, and some institutions do it very well. They have those broad-based schemes. Yeah. But if you look down many years of how it's how it's um, added value to that um, individual, yeah. it's been minuscule. Yeah. So people lose faith. That's the criticism, They right? lose faith yeah. in it. Um and so we really need to look at this ownership component um, very differently. I don't okay. think how it's set up at this mm. stage okay. works for the masses Got you. to feel that they're part of this country because right. people want to belong and they want to own. Absolutely. Before we wrap up, I got to talk about the financing. Hale, you were kind enough to write a column in this year's Salem Transformation Gauge Report. What are the potential solutions you advocate for? And I quote, recognizable and impactful government support involving a range of state entities that have the potential to facilitate transformation could form a mechanism to improve the economic interest and net value of the ownership element. And then you go on and talk about guarantees that could be done by BE for financing. And I'm going to come to this issue of the equity check. BE transactions, debt, banks will always love debt funding. You know, you meet their... That's what they do. Yeah, you meet their <laughs> cover ratios. Everything's fine. The issue, though, is almost at every given, at every turn, no matter the industry, and maybe it's easier to understand if I talk about property. You know, you, you, you've got this big shopping center you found somewhere in Umlazi. Uh, you've got ShopRite is your key tenant. You've got other tenants as well. And the bank says, sure, we'll give you 70%, but we need 30% equity. The development is a billion rand. I must come with 300 million. Where do I get it from, Hale? And that's the point, right? And, and that's the point. So, I mean, we've had guys, smart guys. I mean, they've got a nice business. The bank's willing to put debt in there. They've got some more expensive debt in the form of mezzanine. And they're spinning around trying to fill in that extra 10 to 20 million rand. And that's not our mandate. But the guy will spend for two years trying to raise that until the point where the deal actually runs away from him. So, and and sure, we must take a bit of risk. Uh, I understand its concept, but 
a, a guy starting out hasn't got 20 million rand. Absolutely. You know what I mean? he's, he's got normal costs. Like when he's got kids at school, he's got a bond, he's got vehicle finance, and he's not even lavish in that regard type yes. of thing, right? So, so and and perhaps the life insurance companies uh, or the banks, but I was going Hello, to the fact that the, con- the, the government, you know, yeah. the Saab needs to work in collaboration with something like a GPF. Right. So to, what was the idea? To, 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 tell me yeah. the idea, yeah. So the idea was, this business is worth 100 rand. Yeah. The bank's willing to give me 70 million rand, yeah. right? I think I can make it work. You've even got the family that he's buying it from saying, we'll give you 10 million as a vendor finance. Yeah. So go find the 20. Yeah. It's all stitched. The models work. Even on the conservative case, uh, there's an underwrite, there's yeah. a security, it's got manufacturing equipment, et cetera. But, I don't but have he the doesn't 20. have the 20. Yeah. So he's got to be able to say, banker X, the Saab has given you a guarantee on my 20. Can you unlock it? Report to Saab to say, here's the risk we've taken on this guy. You are underwriting it, but it's going to sit on our books. And to the extent it goes horribly wrong, we are effectively as the bank coming to Saab for the insurance. So almost an insurance product between insurance institutions, the banks, and the government, the mm-hmm. because we've one thing we've done well in South Africa is that, and I think it's complement to the nationals, the national party. We've got UIF insurance, we've got worksman compensation insurance, yeah. we've got um, Sasria yeah. that burned because of what happened yeah. in Kazakhstan, but it's been resuscitated. So we understand risk and insurance yeah. in the context yeah. of SA. So if you priced a risk product right, that's it. This is for yeah. equity financing of the entrepreneur. Yeah who is historically disadvantaged, has a decent business, they're going to be running it for many years, and they're either buying it or starting it from scratch. Part of the cash flows of that model that you are forecasting and building in has got to be able to pay a premium every month to this insurance agency that That is underwritten by the state so that the bank can say, here's 20 million. Are we taking out adequate insurance on that 20 million? Yes. It sits in a Sasri sub-account somewhere because that already exists. And that's effectively wow. underwritten by the state. You too. Very creative. I've got like really clever ideas, but I don't have clever time. So that's all the time we had. It is indeed. It is indeed. Hello, Matsipa, CEO of Kios Capital. Rayan Sedra's Chief Transformation Officer at Sunam. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you.